The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and I want to continue to thank you for not only your support, but for checking in and sending emails about the various shows that you would like to see. You know, the whole reason for the show, The Intentional Spirit, is for us to learn from the art of storytelling. It is truly with storytelling and hearing about other people's lives and and challenges or opportunities that they face ongoingly in this world that we all grow from. Or we get an aha, or we get an awareness. And the whole intention of the show is to offer you tools and skills and an uplifting uh, environment in which you two can move forward and live your best life as an intentional spirit. I'm delighted today that, as my guest, is Alison Zopel, and she is a tremendous, courageous individual. Alison, welcome to our show today. Hi, Temple. Thank you. Well, I have um, read so much about your life and uh, what you're doing to be just a tremendous difference maker. You're actually, in what we call spiritual community, someone that has taken your tragedy and turned it into just a tremendous sacred story of changing lives um, one life at a time. I want to thank you for that, for that bravery and for that for that courage. Way to go. <laughs> Thank you. Purpose of our audience, um, walk us through uh, your life uh, prior to being 20. And were you always an intentional spirit? Were you born a mystic? Did you always have a knowledge of that you came to the world to make it a different place? Or was it because of your accident that brought you to that reality? Those are a couple of areas I'd be interested in hearing more about. Sure, absolutely. Um, I was blessed to be born into a beautiful family, um, and now I believe that's because I needed them on my specific path for this uh, mission that I came to this earth for, going through this whole recovery and helping other people now. But um, I was born into a beautiful spiritual family, and um, my parents really 
um, cultivated our own interpersonal relationship with God since birth. And, um, and although I came into the world kind of with that already on my own, when I was from a very young age, always had a really deep, strong connection with my angels. And, um, and had even, when I was a very young child, thought it was a mistake that I had come into human form and I just wanted to be back with the angels all the time. And, um, and so, of course, now I'm, I'm very happy to be here in human form and <laughs> know that this is a gift that I get to be of service here in this way. Um, so my parents also really nurtured that relationship um, for me and with me. Um, and they really um, believed that they wanted to help us to find the truth and the beauty that lie in all religions and all things and walks of life of people and um, to help us cultivate our own personal relationship with with God and that still voice of God within. And so whenever I would come to them with a question and say, like, what is God or what is, you know, anything in life, they would always respond to me with another question and say, well, what do you think God is? And whatever I said was right for me. And um, they would share their perspectives and just always teaching me that God was all loving and um, the universe was a very loving, loving and forgiving place. Um, but they really... Um, cultivated that wanted me to turn into my inner voice and the God, still voice of God within and learn how to depend on God's voice guiding me overall more than anything. And so with that basis on life, it's really helped me throughout my whole life and especially to bring me back to life to my recovery because um, when I later fell into the coma, um, which is more about my story, um, I learned to once again, like as a child, turn, turn within um, to be with God during that time, and he helped walk me through this experience. So I'm very thankful. Yes, as is the universe, very thankful, too, for your life on purpose, I might say. Um, yeah. Allison, um, one of the things when you were talking about angels is, is what I could hear just from the audience. I could kind of hear their minds um, going... How do you get one of those? <laughs> how can that, you know, how can that happen to me? I know many years ago my teacher would talk to me about as being a shaman that there comes a time, you know, in a shaman's life that you get your own song. And I would go, well, when do I get my own song? It's kind of like, well, I won't really be really, really validated until I get my own song, (laughs) you know, and I think that's who we are in our humanity is that we do really, there's a desire within all of us to advance forward or to, you know, feel that we have access to things that other people do and so with that being a question and and whether or not you have the answer, but let's just elaborate a little bit around um, when you say angels and you said they, um, do you know, uh, do they have a name? That would be a question within the question. Do they have a name and how, how did they appear to you or, or do you see them or is it a vision? I mean, I totally have my own, um, you know, people, <laughs> my peeps. Yeah. So I, I get it. Uh, and I'm with you, but I, I just yeah. want to talk about your experience of it 
if somebody's out there going, well, this has been happening to me, but I didn't know what to call it, and I think it's yeah. beneficial for us to, to speak about words that we use in terminology in a way that um, other people can assimilate information from us. So how did right. you realize that you were tuning in to a radio channel and there were angels there? Um, well, for me, it's more of um, a sensing, sensing them there. Um, it wasn't so much visuals, but okay. more just sensing them around me and gently guiding me, sometimes gently feeling them um, maybe touch my shoulder or something in a very gentle, loving way. So I would know like, oh, you know, turn a little bit to the right in this direction, and then it would guide me to exactly where I needed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. I <laughs> do know, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes it would come in the form of like um, where I didn't know if it was like my own internal guidance or if I was just, you know, making it up in my head or something, but um, I literally would feel like sense very clear, direct direction, you know, that I need to, you know, get in my car and drive a few blocks down the road and then, you know, something really divinely orchestrated would happen, you know. And um, so I just learned to, like, listen to that feeling and that sense sensation of, like, you know, I could feel, sense the beings around me. And, um, and I guess just for me, I, I guess just I knew that they were angels. Um, I never really question that and I'm not really sure where that came from but I just always knew that they were my angels and but the interesting thing is is when I fell into the coma everything that and I was in between worlds for so long everything that is invisible to our human eyes became visible once that once I was on the other side of the veil and so then I could actually visually see all the beings that I always felt around me since I was a child oh I love that uh, that's um, that's so surreal and powerful and um, delicious at the same time. I have like a lot of feelings going through yeah. me at the same time. So let's then paint yeah. the story for the audience because you know many yeah. of them may not know um, how you, um, being as young as you still are, how did you wind up at a phase in your life of being in a coma? Okay, so when I was about twenty years old, I had. Just um, after high school, I had just uh, graduated from massage therapy school. I decided to go to massage school for two years after high school and really wanted to delve into the inner workings of the human body and um, really believe strongly in our own power to heal and that we, I really believe that we have all the power and everything we need inside ourselves to heal ourselves of anything. And um, so right prior to the accident, I had just finished massage school and taken my first degree in Reiki and was just delving into that world and um, had all that fresh in my head, the human anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, all of that. And I also came from a family of healers, my mom being a Reiki master teacher and many of my circle of friends of my own and of my, my parents' friends were healers. So I really feel like, again, like I really chose this family to come into in this, it's almost as if I was prepared for what was to come and to accomplish my purpose on this earth. And um, then when I was about six months after 
I graduated from massage school, um, I had decided I went traveling and wanted to backpack Alaska and, you know, I think was on my way to South Africa or something. I just wanted to be free and, and young and travel for a little while. And um, I did that for about six months. And um, when I was 20 years old, I flew home from Alaska for Christmas, uh, home being Wausau, Wisconsin, where my parents lived. And... Um, I, my whole family was going to be home that year for Christmas, which was really nice. I was the youngest of four, and um, so everyone was really spread out, um, living all over the country. And I flew home for Christmas from Alaska, and I um, volunteered to go pick up my sister and bring her back to my parents' house. She lived down in Madison, Wisconsin. And I woke up the day before Christmas Eve to pick up my sister, and I just had a real um, foreboding feeling inside when I woke up that morning. And I thought, well, this is strange. Everything in my life is really great right now. Why am I feeling this, this strange feeling, you know, like something was about to happen? And as the day went on, um, I started to get really concerned about this feeling because, you know, I, I really liked you know, everything that was happening in my life. And so, of course, I didn't want anything bad to happen, but I just kept getting this feeling that something was about to happen and that it was something bigger than me and it was going to be out of my control. There was nothing I could do to stop it. And all I knew was is that something was going to happen and that my life was going to be very different and also the next chapter in my life was going to be very difficult. And so, of course, I didn't want to leave to pick up my sister because um, I really liked my life and I didn't want that to change. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I um, even called a girlfriend of mine who I'm very spiritually close to, and I said, you know, I'm getting this really weird feeling that something's going to happen and I don't know what it is, and, you know, I'm kind of procrastinating to leave to pick up my sister, and... Um, and she was just really silent on the phone, and then she said, you know, I've been getting the same feeling about you all day, and I didn't want to call you or know what to say, but she said, I have a feeling whatever's going to happen feels like it's going to be life-changing, and just know that whatever happens, God's not going to give you anything more than he thinks you can handle, and just know that I'll be here no matter what, and let me know how it goes. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, you know, and I said, okay. Uh, I'll do that. And, um, and she said, just know that you're a really strong person. Whatever it is, you're going to make it through. And I hung up the phone, and I just started to grieve my life, and I didn't know why. Um, and because I just got this feeling I needed to let go of what was and prepare to enter into the next new chapter of my life, which was going to be very challenging and difficult for me. So I procrastinated as long as I could to leave, and the feeling just got stronger as the day went on until I finally left to pick up my sister. And um, my car was, it was snowing out because it was day before Christmas Eve. And, um, you know, there were a few cars that had slid in the ditches, but nothing really that, that bad. And um, my car started acting kind of weird and speeding up and slowing down on its own. And I thought, this is really strange. I don't have the cruise control on, I'm driving really slow, and and then um, 
and then I even like thought maybe I'm picking up on something happening out in the world, like on the planet that's happening that's really bad or something. Maybe I'll turn on the radio and see what's going on in the world. And I turned on the radio to hear if there were any news, and it was just Christmas music playing, and I thought, okay, that's really strange. Um, what What is this? What's going to happen? And then at that moment, my car started to speed up and slow down on its own again, and and I just said a quick, angels protect me, and, you know, Michael protect me, and put a bubble around my car, and um, keep me safe and alive and everything. And then in the next, um, the next minute, my car um, hit a patch of black ice and um, started to, the whole freeway, the highway was just covered in black ice. And um, my car hit the ice and started sliding until my car spun around and landed at a halt across the fast lane. And I looked out my window to see if there were any cars coming and there was a big truck coming at me at 70 miles an hour. Wow. And yeah. And in that instant, I was like, oh, this is, this is how I go. You know, see ya. I didn't think I was going to make it. And I barely did. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah. How so long were you happened, in a coma? Um, I spent um, probably a little over five years coming out of a coma. Five years? Wow. I had no idea it was that long. Yeah, yeah, and a coma is not really what people think it is, and that's a big part of um, my my purpose on this planet um, was to endure this experience, and um, I made a promise to God in the universe if I got, was brought all the way back and made the recovery that I had that I would dedicate the rest of my life using my experience to help educate people and raise awareness on the the reality of what it's really like to be in a coma and move through the different levels of consciousness in our being and our power and ability to heal and how we can be a better assistance to people in need of care. What do you think people think it is for that Um, distinction of understanding? What is it that the norm of people, well, norm, what would that be? (laughs) The majority of a large group of people, what do they think a coma is? That you're not really there? Yeah, the majority of people I found, and things for myself and my family before this happened to me, really believe there's a huge misperception due to movies and television that a coma means that someone is just sound asleep, and then one day, hopefully, they wake up, and the sun streams through the windows, and yay, they're alive. (laughs) And it's really far from the reality of the experience, um, at least from what I've experienced and many others that I've spoken to um, who have endured it as as well. And so because of that, it's really actually a dangerous misperception because, um, for one, if people are going on believing that the person sound asleep, then they're not really doing all that they can to communicate correctly with the people and understanding that they really are there. Right. You know? Yes. And then also, they're not able to provide the care they need once they do open their eyes and speak um, because... They're under the impression that they're awake when really they're not. They start entering into what's called a waking or a walking coma, but they're not not fully conscious yet. 
Absolutely. Well, we want to hear more about that after our break. I want to thank all of you for participating with myself and Allison Zopel today. Um, a tremendous story about from a brain injury to making a difference in the way that people think and live. And so we'll be right back after this short break. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and also just thank you for your continuous contributions to Unity Online Radio, the voice of the awakening world. We truly appreciate your participation and your willingness to spread the message of these great shows um, with people near and far. Really connect with that. And if all of us are doing our part, then we're able to reach near and far and get these positive messages out into the world. My guest today is Allison Zopel, who is doing just that, who had a tragedy uh, at 20 years old, um, a major car accident, one that is perceived that many people would not have walked away from in their human suit anyway. And Allison um, 
was aware that something was going to happen, not really sure of what, but then has gone on after the recovery of that to teach people what it's like to be in her experience. You can go to her website, the return to life foundation.org. The return to life foundation.org. Allison, um, we were talking about before we went to break how that you were in a coma and how there's such a misperception with people about what that's like, like that nobody's there or like people can't hear you or, you know, those kind of things. We've, um, we've recently seen as a national bestseller book, uh, the book, The Proof of Life, um, uh, Evan Alexander that talks about um, how you are in another veil of, of awareness. You were saying at the very beginning of the show how you have a support system in your life that's in a other world reality. And and I understand that. I, I have that also. Um, and many people do. And so you were you made a reference to that when you were in the coma that you could actually see some of your team. You know, they had outfits on or they were there, <laughs> but you could see them in a visual, in a visual light instead of sensing. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I'm curious about that myself and uh, interested. And then um, I'd like to know more about your comma experience of five years. Absolutely. Um, so I guess first to answer your question about um my angels and guides and what that looked like from in the coma. Um, so I was saying before the coma, I've just sensed them around me since birth. Yes. But when I fell into the coma, um, and I can talk a little more about it, there's different levels of consciousness in the coma um, in between unconscious and conscious. And I spent approximately six months in each level of consciousness um, waking up. And... Um, when I was in the lowest level of consciousness, um, I was pretty much closer to the other side than I was here and on this side. And um, everything that became or that was is usually invisible to the human eyes just became visible. And so all the angels, you know, that I could always sense around me, I could now see um, being closer to the other side, on the other side of that veil. And... Um, it was really interesting. I wasn't really that surprised, only surprised that I could see them. And at first that took me by surprise, and I was like, ah, I don't want to see you. <laughs> you were in a little box, and I couldn't see you. And now it's like, oh, Jack's out of the box. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and so to me, they just, you know, it was all the same, you know, angelic presences that I always sensed, but now... You know, I just had the visual of them as well being there. And it was really interesting because, and I'm glad you're asking about this, because there's really angels and guides that are are with all people. And they come with people, you know, that they're assigned to them. Usually there's two assigned to each person. And so oftentimes there was like a full house room, you know, um, when people would come in the room and <laughs> all of their angels would be in there and my angels would be in there. And, <laughs> and I had extra... Um, guides that were there helping me, assisting me through my recovery. And they worked with my cat, which was really interesting to watch, too, um, and how tuned in the animals are to being led, you know, and guided by the spirit world. Um, And so it was really neat to see that interaction happening. But I also realized that they're all there 
And um, they look like, to me, I'm sure it could be different for everybody, but to me it just looked like the, um, just kind of like the outline of a human body, but in ethereal form, like you could put your arm through them, you know? Yes. If I'm describing that well. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and so they looked very, you know, um, just as descriptive as you and I, just more more just light-colored, you know, ethereal form where you could put your arms through them um, without physical bodies. Um, that must have did, been... That must yeah. have been such a powerful moment for you of just that, oh, there's my sacred friends. You know, you've been with me all my life, and and now we have this um, opportunity to meet. And it's interesting yeah. that on one dimension, on the physical dimension, it, it, it was such a traumatic experience. And yet, uh, under the veil of it, you're having one of the greatest, you're like in Disneyland 101, you know, or 105. <laughs> No, you blew it out yeah. the water. That's just, um, but it's so um, clear um, and evident yeah. uh, for somebody on the outside looking in like myself that uh, you are destined to do this and, and do this work. And I know like myself, many of you would like to know more, you know, tell me more about this experience. And you can go to her website, as I mentioned earlier, and you can um, purchase the book, The Angel Inside. And it's where uh, Allison actually goes into depth and detail about how, um, you know, she's describing what it's like to be in a coma uh, from the inside looking out, both mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So it's um, what a journey. What a journey yeah. you've had. Well, did your uh, guides and angels uh, let you know that you would be coming back or did you ever have a sense of this is temporary or where were you as far as um, uh, being still an earth person or are moving on? Where were you in that reality? I was in between worlds for about five years and I was, it was very, very difficult for me because I went, I went through the whole grieving process while I was in the coma, you know, the whole, you know, denial, anger, up until I finally reached surrender acceptance. Um, and my angels and God just walked me through it the whole way with me by my side, comforting me. Um, and I always knew, I mean, from the beginning I was like, okay, you know, I was just in constant conversation with them because I was closer to the other side than I was here. So all of my conversing was with the other side, you know, um, until I started coming back more into life, and then I had to integrate working with both sides, which is very interesting to learn how to do. Um, and then, so I'm trying to remember the question. Oh, I, I was just saying it, <laughs> at some point, did you get some kind of awareness of, oh, I, I'm going to be returning to Earth now? Or did you yeah. just wake up one day and go, oh, how did I get here again? You know, that kind of no, thing. No, no. And that's the whole misperception that one day you just wake up and you're back. It's, it's, not, it's not like that at all. In reality, the body falls into a comic state because something has happened, either a blow to the head or a stroke or a brain injury, something, and the body goes into a comic state so that the body can have more energy to heal 
itself from the injury that happened. And so what I like to talk to people about is just like if you, our bodies are like nature and just like if you break a branch off of a tree, a new branch doesn't just one day reappear. Mm-hmm. Just like this person doesn't just one day wake up from a coma one day. But, you know, as the body slowly heals and repairs itself, the body can slowly regain consciousness over a long period of time. Um, but even once the person's eyes are open, they can still be what's in called a waking or a walking coma. Um, okay. And they're not fully conscious yet. They might be in a level five, six, seven coma, um, but they're still trapped in between worlds. So that's why it's really important not to push people to do too much too soon because they may in reality most likely not be awake yet. They're just to the point where they're opening their eyes, but they may not be fully conscious or present yet. Um, and so, but to answer your question, did I know, was there a point? For me, after about three years, um, my, in the third year, my body, I was taken, I was at my parents' house the first two years, and then the second two years, I was brought down to Asheville, North Carolina, um, where my partner at the time knew of some really good healers and doctors here that could, could help work on me. Um, we did mostly all, all holistic alternative healing, natural healing methods to bring me back to life, which worked, which was great for me. Um, but over a long, 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 long period of time. And, but when I left my parents' house, what we weren't prepared for is how weak my immune system had gotten being in bed those t- first two years. And my body caught everything that was in the air, and I got mononucleosis, and my kidneys got infected, and, um, you know, it, my lymph nodes were all swelling, and from, I already had brain swelling as it was, and, it, and I had a close call with my life. And um, my partner had to drive me back up to Wisconsin um, when I almost almost passed away um, in his arms one night, and he just said, "This is too much. I have to I have to take her back to Wisconsin and um, have help from my family again." And and so when I got in back in my bed at my parents' house um, to regain my health and strength again. Um, and this was in about the third year, um, is when I had, it was a turning point for me in that um, I had to have a serious talk with, my angels had talk with me, and that's when they gave me the opportunity to leave if I wanted to. And they let me know that my body had been severely injured and that it could be several more years of constant suffering without any release, and I didn't have to go through that if I didn't want to. And um, and I said no, and I put my foot down and said no, heck no, I won't go. And there's just too many things that I wanted to do in human form here. And that's when I made a promise to God and the universe, um, three promises. If I were to return to life and brought all the way back to life, that I would dedicate the rest of my life to using this experience to help other people and educate and raise awareness and help help bring other people back to life if I can. And wow, um, very powerful. Yeah. yeah. So I've been working towards those it, for I guess I spent the next 
maybe two or three years, slowly regaining consciousness, and then like five years after that, slowly trying to get back into normal life again. Um, and the three promises I made were to um, raise awareness and spread healing through, one, through all the writings that came through me while I was in the coma, where I was able to, re when we realized I was able to write to communicate from in the coma, um, and compile that, those writings into a book to help raise awareness. And then in the third and fourth years when I was more mid-conscious and started to kind of sleepwalk around the house, meander around the house, I would sit at the piano and all this healing music started to come through me, um, which we realized was also healing my brain. Um, and so my second promise was to spread the music um, that helped heal my own brain from this. And then my third promise was that should I be able to raise enough funding is to open a healing center or if blessed enough, open a series of healing centers um, where people coming out of coma with brain injury can come to heal and receive the care they need since there currently is no place like that around. And well, so far, yeah, I've accomplished um, the first goal. I wrote the book called The Angel Inside. It released last November. And um, the music has been spreading around the world for probably about almost, almost 10 years now, um, which has been really wonderful. A lot of my friends putting their kids to sleep to it. And it's just very peaceful, healing music. And then, as of last summer, I'm happy to say I just opened a nonprofit organization called the Return to Life Foundation, and all the proceeds of the book are being sent to the nonprofit to help create the healing center where people can come to heal. So I'm almost there. <laughs> I would say, you know, no, no doubt about it. And I, I ask you this next question simply because I, I just don't have it in my experience um, from anyone, actually. Um, the place that you're coming from about the coma, the necessity to give people space, the understanding the different levels of awareness that people are in, do you get the full support with the medical association with these realities? Um, I mean, are they aware of these phases and these things that go on as well? Or is your personal experience part of being a shapeshifter into people understanding a different, a different way of looking at a coma itself. Yeah, the, from what I've experienced, I've done a lot of talks at some um, hospitals and medical centers already, and most of the medical staff has been really open to hearing um, about my experience and how they can be a better assistance to people because it's, from my experience, it's really still a big unknown how mm -hmm. to really help people coming out of comas or even heal from brain injury. And brain injury is becoming such a large epidemic right now with all the soldiers coming back from Iraq and the football players. Um, I want to make a I want to make a strong uh, point before we go to break, not to interrupt you, but I, I want to say on record that you are another example of why it's so important to have the right people in your boat. You know, because when you're rowing your boat in life, um, you are very fortunate that you had people. 
uh, in your boat, like your parents, your family, your partner, individuals that knew um, how to be there for you, how to be present, and how to offer you the modalities that um, that you could believe in, and that's so important is to have the right people in your in your boat. Uh, we're having a wonderful conversation today on the intentional spirit with Allison Zopel, and she is telling us about her journey in life and how she's dedicated her life to teaching about a coma, teaching about brain injury, and understanding the dynamic for all people to be able to be more awake and more conscious. And so uh, we will be right back after this short break. Thank you, everyone. Go to her website, thereturntolifefoundation.org. Thereturntolifefoundation.org. We'll be right back. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Hello, everyone, and again, thank you for being part of The Intentional Spirit. These conversations and understanding the walk of other people's lives uh, not only free us from old ideas or limited beliefs or uh, preconceived notions that we may have about something because we saw something one time on TV or um, we made a connection with someone uh, that didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> so that happens too. Um, and I'm just privileged today to be talking with you, Allison, and you're bringing to the forefront uh, a true experience of what it's like to to be connected 
uh, to the earth and to the other world reality of a person that's true for all of us. It's just you happen to be aware of it growing up of what it was like to be um, in the human form and being a child and, and walking on this dimension of the earth. And yet at the same time, you were living with the spiritual reality as well. And had all of this team with you, um, and this prep work for, and your family that are in such, uh, healing modality works and the believing of healing possibilities. Uh, I find your, your story to be absolutely, uh, fascinating. And, um, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. And so, uh, you have, you continue to educate and, and share your story. I know you also, uh, offer music and this is music that if i've understood it correctly is it music that you downloaded while you were in a coma or after you started your phase of coming back into this physical reality right it was music that came through me as i was regaining consciousness while i was in the coma um so i guess a little bit of both i was in the coma and while i was while i was regaining consciousness you could just um, hear it, or you could see it, or... No, it, it wasn't like that at all. I, um, as I moved through the different levels of consciousness in the coma, um, and right now there's 10, 10 levels of consciousness documented um, by Western medicine, I, I've come to believe that there's many more than that now that I've worked my way through um, than what they currently have documented. But when I was about maybe... Um, Level six, level seven, mid-conscious. So level one being unconscious, level ten being um, walking, talking, able to hold a small job again, um, but still regaining consciousness. Um, so when I was about a level six, level seven consciousness, kind of more in a sleepwalk state, I started to get up out of bed um, while I was in a coma, walking around my parents' house. And I, my dad being a music teacher, we had a, a piano in our basement. And I would, started to sleepwalk around the house and I went and my parents would find me sitting at the piano and all this healing music started to come through me. This was about the third year in the coma. And my mom said I would just sit there and play and play and play sometimes eight hours in a day. And um, just really soft healing solo piano music, like nothing they had ever heard, heard me play before. Um, I grew up being uh, in a family of jazz musicians, so this was something completely different that was coming through me. And um, so my my partner at the time, who who it was by my side for these five years, um, when he came to my parents' house in the second year, this was about when when this was happening, second or third year. Um, and he heard all this music coming to me and he said, well, this is great. I've got to record this so she remembers it when she wakes up. And he took his whole life savings and got a little digital recorder and put it by the piano. And every time I'd make my way out of bed and sit by the piano and play, he'd press record. And then um, about a year or two later, um, he started to play this music back to me in the living room as I was waking up. And I'd listen to it and I'd say, well, that's nice. Who's this? And he'd say, that's you. And i make my way back over the piano and reteach myself this music as I was listening to it while I was regaining consciousness um, so that I didn't forget. And then in about the fifth year, um, 
my partner at the time brought me into um, a studio and they sat me at a piano and put a microphone in and just said, play, Allison, just play all the music that came through you while you were in the coma. And in one take, I laid down all the music that came through me while I was in the coma and it's now on my album called Music From Within. And wow. this music, yeah, within like the first six months, it just, I just prayed and just told God I just wanted it to go wherever he wanted it to be because um, I couldn't even really take the credit for it because it was just coming through me, you know. It was helping to heal my brain and, you know, um, for neurons to start firing again when they were pinched from swelling and um, so it's very healing for me. And then, and apparently it has been for, for others as well. And within like the first six months, um, it got put into something called the care network system, which is a, um, state, a television station in the hospitals dedicated to guided meditations and healing music videos and things. And so it got put into all the hospital systems on their television screens. Um, at that time, and then um, started being played in, like, um, holistic healing centers, and a lot of my friends started finding that it was putting their children to sleep within, like, five minutes, and so that's when it really started being played in, like, preschools at nap times and things like that, and just really helping people with sleep problems, just being as peaceful as it is. I'm telling you, you have definitely touched the hem of the garment. You got it going on. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know I'm ordering this CD right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then Uh, in the fifth year, I wrote, um, you might see it. My other album is called Seasons, and that was written my my first four seasons back into life again while I was living at a Tibetan Buddhist monastery. Um, where they took me in and gave me a place to help um, to stay while I remembered my spirit again, coming back into life. So, wow. But, yeah, same beautiful style of music, yeah, coming through during that period of time. So, and that's all, the music you can find on cdbaby.com. Um and you can just type in my name or the name of the album. And this is all really easy to find on, like, Google, too. So it's not hard to find. Well, I, can, <laughs> I can almost see that scene where you're listening to the music and you're asking your dad, hey, you know, that's beautiful. You know, who is that? And he goes, it's you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't know. And it's just... um. I should listen to it more often. I haven't. I don't listen to it often myself, and I probably should. <laughs> well, I'm getting ready well, to because I just ordered it from Amazon.com. Yeah, don't play it while you're driving. It'll put you to sleep. <laughs> it's good for bath times, dinner times, nap times. <laughs> play some of it in our spiritual community because uh, it's just an, yeah, yeah. It's so. Very Tell us a little about, uh, I know people are interested because uh, you've got me hooked. Um, what uh, What are you doing now? Uh, what's uh, Allison Zopel's life 
like right now? What, what do you have going on? What's your focus? Yeah, right now I'm recently um, moved back to Asheville, North Carolina, um, where I was 10 years ago during during my recovery. And it's just a really beautiful um, healing, artistic, musical community here um, that I'm really thankful to be a part of. And I've now finished the book, opened the nonprofit, and, you know, I have the music shared out there. And um, so now my next goal was to really focus on um, really giving back more and offering um, more healing for people. And so um, just as of recently, actually, in July, I... um, completed my, continued my education in Reiki, and I got my Reiki master's degree in July, and um, looking at opening up a healing space here in Asheville and offering um, healing treatments for other people now, both hands-on and and distance healing and consultations. Wow, that's powerful. Well, we're going to hold and affirm for you um, in the philosophy of unity that all is well, that you have a thriving community and that you are truly living the desires of your heart and co-creating with um, such master teachers and guides that I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about you. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. That I'm very confident about. Well, I'm here to be of service now, so however yes. that goes. Yes. Well, um, we have uh, a window for you to uh, share uh, one last key idea, or if you said, well, this would mm-hmm. be the takeaway I would want people to have, we definitely want them to take away your website, the Return to Life org. I encourage other people to go also. In addition to, uh, the other website would be unitycampus.org. Please look us up. We'd love you to find out more about what we're doing, not only here in the heart of St. Petersburg, but in the world. But, Allison, what is something you would like to leave us with today? Mm, I guess if there's one thing I'd like to say, it's just to remember that the world, the whole world is inside of us and that there's as many worlds as there are people walking around in it and that within that world, we really, truly have everything that we need. And to just, if we have any questions, to just seek within for those answers and know that everyone else is just a reflection and guidance coming through them to us. And also to remember to ask your angels, to know that there are guides and angels with you and to remember that they can't do anything for you unless you ask because we do have the gift of free will, and they're just waiting for you to ask them to help. So please ask so they can be of service to you as well. I love that. It's kind of like, um, you know, to learn in life just to lighten up so you can feel the presence of, of angels. If you if you can't find your keys, there's a reason you're not supposed to leave yet. You know, if you're yeah. uh, having a moment and, and the car is hesitant, uh, there's a reason. And all of these elements are playing a part um, in offering the grace if we have the eyes to see and the heart to be open to actually witness the experience. Well, I'm grateful that 
my eyes and ears were open to be with you today. Allison, you've touched my heart. I'm so grateful to have you on the show and definitely would like to have you on the show again. And you just keep doing what you're doing. And if there's anything I can ever do to support that mission, um, don't hesitate to get in touch with me, okay? Thank you, Temple. All right. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. The best is yet to come. Just remember it, and more importantly, look for it as an intentional spirit. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, 
on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 